He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Seated. By the way, kids, do not blow up your beach balls and throw them around the church. But when you get home, you can blow them up and throw them all over your house all day long. Because Pastor Miller said it was okay. Well, good morning. Welcome to all of you, and thank you for spending your Easter here at uh, St. Andrew. And if you are a guest here, we're very thankful that you have also joined us today, and we want you to know that you are always welcome in a, in a place where we serve the world together and where we support each other uh, in the midst of whatever the world serves up uh, to us along the way. I recently shared with a, a couple of you an amazing experience I had when I was a uh, chaplain at Riverside Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And... Uh, my parish within the hospital included intensive care, open-heart recovery, and open-heart step-down. And it involved a uh, feisty 89-year-old woman by the name of Virginia who needed heart surgery in order to save her life. Medical consensus was that her age notwithstanding, she was actually a pretty good candidate for this uh, surgery, and without it, she would surely die and soon. But at 89, Virginia who lived in a care facility, decided to decline the surgery and let nature take its course, shaking her head, closing her eyes, and saying, I'm finished. But then I got a call from uh, the social worker at the care facility where Virginia lived, and she told me that uh, there also was a man who lived there whose name was Harold, who was 92 and was Virginia's friend. And, Harold wanted Virginia to have the surgery so that she could come back from the hospital and they could spend more time together. In fact, Harold told her that if Virginia had the surgery, he wanted to marry her. <laughs> but at 92 and in his condition, he couldn't get to the hospital to talk to her himself. And so, to make a long story short, you are looking at a guy who proposed to an 89-year-old woman <laughs> on behalf of a 92-year-old man. Virginia, I said, I have amazing news. Harold loves you. He wants you to have the surgery, and if you do, he wants to marry you. Virginia looked at me, and she said, Harold who? <laughs> And then she just points at me like, gotcha. <laughs> because Virginia knew exactly who Harold was. And she remembered what he said to her. And so, turn about being fair play, I said, you know, Virginia, if you marry Harold and the two of you survive the honeymoon, you're going to have a lot of time together. <laughs> now she laughed. But when she thought of Harold's words... Everything changed, and Virginia was not finished, and her life was not over, and she did not die, at least not that day. She gave the okay, she had the surgery, recovered well, and Virginia and Harold got married because death was overcome by life through the power of love and the good hands of a daring surgeon 
true story. So uh, go tell your friends at Easter dinner that when he was 27, the pastor at St. Andrew proposed to a woman who was 89 and see if they come next Sunday. <laughs> if they do, they'll say, you know, his wife looks great. <laughs> and she will, even at 89. Well, the resurrection of our Lord is recorded in all four New Testament Gospels with some variations on the theme, but the Gospel of Luke is the only one in which those grieving women who went to death's door on the first day of the week were given that amazing news by two messengers of God, and then they were told to remember what he said before he died. And when they did, that's when everything changed. And one of those words, in fact, uh, one of the very last words that they heard before his heart stopped beating on that Friday afternoon is the Greek word tetelestai, which is translated into the phrase, it is finished. Not, I'm finished, which is what Virginia said, but rather, it is finished. It's, it's the word for Good Friday, as you may know. It's a word that I have preached about on Good Friday. It's a word that, uh, as a child, I heard every year on Good Friday, and to me, it meant that Jesus would surely die and soon. But then I grew up, which, of course, is still being debated by some people around here, but I learned that there's something more to that word. I learned that tetelestai has been found written across ancient tax receipts of all things, this being tax season, and written across other documents that represent a variety of legal, financial, judicial transactions, which is to say that the word tetelestai doesn't just mean it's finished, as in it's over. The word tetelestai also means paid in full. And so when your account is settled, or your debt has been paid, or your penalty has been satisfied, the document would be covered with that one word, to tetelestai. When the prisoner had served his sentence and, and it was time for him to be released, the certificate of debt that accompanied him through his incarceration would be given to him, and on it would be written the word, tetelestai signed by the proper authority. And that was the word that he took with him. And the one in possession of that word certified that he was now free. Even the Romans uh, translated that word into the Latin phrase, consummatum est. It is finished. It is paid in full. And that's what happened that Easter morning when those grieving women went to the tomb of their crucified leader. And they heard that stunning and amazing news from the messengers of God and were told to remember what he said to them before he died and when they did, everything changed. And that's when the story of Easter, at least in the Gospel of Luke, rapidly pivots from sorrow and heartache and loss to amazement and celebration and testimony. When those grieving women move from the tears of a cemetery 
to fearless faith. And they become the very first proclaimers of the Easter gospel in a way that would turn the whole world inside out and upside down and change its course and its history forever as they went to the others who were also in their deepest sadness, in their greatest anxiety. And they told them that the one who stood up for love instead of for law, for forgiveness instead of judgment, for relationship and not just religion, the one who sacrificed his life to put an end to a sacrificial system of paying debts for sins over and over and over again was very much alive. So that now today, on this Easter Sunday, that word, tetelestai, is written across your whole life by the one who overcame death with the power of love through the wounded hands of our daring Savior who wants you to know that whoever you are, you are to die for. Uh, You know, I don't know if some of you do this, but whenever I see a movie that I really, really like, you know, I will watch that movie over and over again. I mean, it drives my family crazy. But one of them, which is uh, already four years old by now, is the epic motion picture Lincoln, uh, played brilliantly by Daniel Day-Lewis. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, get Netflix, just see it. But there's a scene at the end of that movie where our 16th president is sitting down for a meeting with the leaders of the Confederacy. The 13th Amendment to the Constitution prohibiting slavery has been passed. And the war is now over. And yet the leaders of the Confederacy are still hopeful that somehow they can be readmitted to the Union in time to block ratification of that amendment. But knowing better, Abraham Lincoln, the great emancipator, the one who proclaimed this Freedom, one of the most compelling, one of the most mysterious figures in all of American history, stares across the table and says intently, Slavery, sir, it's done. What do you think you'll remember on this Easter Sunday that I proposed to an 89 year old woman when I was 27? Hope not. But when you come to terms and your eyes see the harsh realities of a world that's coming apart at the seams out there as it is, remember what he told you when he said, in the world you have trouble, but in me you have peace. And when you are broken down by grief and loss and heartache in your life, remember what he told you when he said, I'm the resurrection and the life, and you hang on to that. And when somebody tries to enslave you with shame or guilt because of who you are or who you aren't or what you've done or what you have somehow failed to do, remember what he told you when he said, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Because in him, slavery, friends, it's done. Tell that to your family on this Easter dinner day. And if you ever look in the mirror and you wonder to yourself whether you, know, you really are to die for, 
Remember what he told you when he said God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, not whoever gets everything right, not whoever, whoever looks good, not whoever has all the questions answered, not the spiritual superstars, but just whoever believes in him is going to have life. So you, you want to have life. Remember what he told you and celebrate the resurrection and, and, and think about it and trust it, and believe in it, and live that way, and you will begin to see your outlook on absolutely, completely everything change, and your world turn completely inside out as well, because our God is good to his word, so that on that first day, the tomb was empty, because Jesus Christ kicked the hell out of your death, so that his word could be written on your life forever and change you forever as it has certainly covered and changed mine. And you got the certificate to prove it. And if you don't, come see me because I know where you can get one. Well, I long ago lost uh, track of uh, Harold in Virginia, but, you know, doing some quick math, you know, I am... Um, pretty sure that they are now at last at the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, and uh, I am still thankful that I got to be a very small part of their love story. But today on this Easter Sunday, I am far more thankful that I get to be here to tell you that whoever you are, you are part of the love story of God. Whatever your debt, whatever your grief, Whatever your heartache, whatever your brokenness, whatever your shame might be, your anxiety might be, whatever unfinished business you, you, you might think you somehow have with God. And to also invite you to join those women of Easter Day in meeting up with those in their deepest sorrow, their greatest anxiety, their ultimate confusion, even their spiritual emptiness, and showing and telling them with your actions and your words that Christ is alive. He's alive in his church. He's alive in his people, in our love for each other, in our service to the world. He's alive in his word. He's alive in his sacramental presence and its power to pivot their lives from sorrow to joy, from anxiety to the peace that passes all human understanding because he has overcome the power of death, including your death, with the power of his love through the wounded hands of the risen Jesus Christ. Friends, it's Easter Sunday, but it's not about the bunny. It's about the lamb and the fact that to him, you, whoever you are, are to die for so that today he is yours to live for. Because if Christ is with us, nothing else matters. And if he's not, nothing else matters. Praise God for the resurrection for the victory of Jesus Christ and for that word spoken by the crucified and risen Lord to cover your life. To tell us die. It's done. Paid in full. Saved. Forgiven. Loved by the living God for 
ever. You know, and that's my Good Friday sermon for Easter Sunday. What can I tell you? For the glory of the risen Lord and for the joy of all your dear hearts. God bless you and thank you for spending Easter here at St. Andrew. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.